0: bow your heads, please. Born to rule over us all. Born to rule over us all. Father, we thank you right now that as we prepare to go into this message today, that you will bless us with the spirit of wisdom, of discernment. You will open up the eyes of our hearts, Lord, and allow us to see. Father, we thank you for the power, the majesty that is in your word. Unveil it to us, Lord. Show us why this baby was born. Show us that his birth could not be stopped and all the value that is within it has been fulfilled. So Father, we thank you right now That you will bless us as we enter into this word. That you will enlighten our spirits. In Jesus name we pray and thank you. And everyone say it. Amen. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, the kingdom mission of the church, the kingdom mission of the church. And this is part six. And I know some of you are going, man, this is long. Well, I pray God that even though it's long, you're getting something from it because that's the part that's important. It could be longer. Well, it will be a couple segments longer, but it could even extend longer than that. But again, here's the thing I want us to make sure we keep connected as we go through. The title is The Kingdom Mission of the Church. The Kingdom Mission of the Church. The Kingdom This realm in which we live in right here, right now, is what was extended or returned to us because of Jesus' birth and his death and his resurrection. He paid the price that we couldn't pay to restore this kingdom to us. Why? This is God's original plan to extend his kingdom into the earth. So we were a part of the kingdom. Adam and Eve were a part of the kingdom. They lost it. Jesus came back to restore it. And it's a beautiful thing because the word of God says so. So we know it's 100% true. So as we enter into this particular section, we're going to talk about a word that sometimes, you know, we, we kind of take these words out of the context or out of the line of continuum and we make them individual. The word we're talking about today is going to be redemption, Redemption. And sometimes, you know, we say the word, but we really don't understand it because the word re at the beginning of the word is a prefix. Redemption or redeem means you were deemed once, you lost that deemed position, Jesus comes along, dies, his blood pays the price, and now we are redeemed. So to understand that, one of the definitions that I came across says redemption, the repurchase of captured goods, the repurchase of captured goods. Can you imagine how beautiful this is? Think about this. God's plan. He, no matter what, didn't want to be separated from that which he created. That's us. We don't deserve this. But his love for us is that immense. It is that deep that he didn't want to be separated from us. So he sent his one and only son into the earth to take on flesh, to die as a lamb on our behalf so we could be redeemed. We could be repurchased from those who hold us hostage. Who held us hostage? Satan did. So we got repurchased. Now, I need you to know this is final news. This is not potential coming news. This is final right now news. You've been repurchased. And the effectiveness in how we live our lives are based on our understanding of the tenses. Sometimes we Christians mess up tenses. We forget the difference between past tense, present tense, and future tense. And we keep trying to make things future tense when they are past tense because you are Already repurchased. He's not waiting for a new time or a later time to do that. You are already repurchased right now. And once you understand that and you understand that it's not about you, it's not about what you do. You know, you couldn't bring God a little red apple like you do to teacher, you know, to make you better than the other students. He did this all on his own. Our job is to accept what he has done. So to repurchase captured goods, the act of redemption is to restore. Mankind to the kingdom of God. How cool is that? To restore mankind to the kingdom of God. You know why I love this? Because there was no place else for me to go. There was no place else for me to be able to get value. The world couldn't give it to me. I felt I had lost it forever. I felt I was done. But here's the beauty of God's word. He sent his son who took my place, who paid for my sins, my failings, and he gave me a new start. He redeemed me. Now, I'm thankful to him, so I'll serve him with all of my heart, all of my mind, and all of my soul. Why? Because I know there was no other way. I could not find redemption in no other avenue but under the name of Jesus. Are you all with me this morning? So we're going to go through a couple of scriptures that I think will enlighten this. But remember now, this is part of the whole series of the kingdom mission of the church. What is the church? The ecclesia. What does that do? That means we are the representatives of God or Jesus in the earth. Our job as the mission or our mission is to make sure people know that they've been repurchased, that they've been redeemed because this is the desire of our king. And if he's our king, then it's our duty as his body, as his legislative community, is to make sure that the people know, everyone knows what his desire is. And that is to know that you've been repurchased. Let's go to some scriptures. First one will be Revelations chapter 5. And uh, it's in the Amplified translation. And it reads as follows. It says, and they sing a new song of glorious, what? Redemption saying worthy and deserving are you to take the scroll and to break its seals for you were slain, sacrificed and with your blood. This is good stuff. You purchased people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom of royal subjects and priests to our God, and they will reign on the earth. Isn't that beautiful? Such a beautiful, magnificent, powerful statement to tell us exactly that we've been redeemed or we've been repurchased. It tells us how it happened, and it tells us what our response to it is supposed to be. So how about if I tell you today that you're you're a royal priest? <laughs> I know sitting in your house right now, you may think, oh, not me, not me. Well, again, it's not based on what you have done or not done. It is based on what Jesus has done for you. Our job is to receive and accept what that means to us. So why would you become a royal priest? Well, the priesthood... Does what? It intercedes in between God and the people. So again, the church are as the legislative assembly, our job is to to be a mediator or to intercede in between God and his desires to the people. We are to make sure that the people know what God desires of them, what he has done for them. I hope this is making sense to you today. So this particular verse really breaks that down for us. The fact that we've been repurchased. How do we get repurposed? The blood of Jesus Christ, him sacrificing himself. And what are we to do? We are to become the royal priests. We are become the royal subjects of this what kingdom. So to understand that you live in a kingdom that you can't see. You know, we say this stuff all the time, man, you need to get out of that bubble you're in. You know, what I mean, you living in a bubble that lets us know that we sometimes live in a mind frame or a mindset that we really shouldn't be in. But this one is the one we should be in, the kingdom of God, a place where God reigns, but now you reign on earth. Does that make you better than others? No, that means that you have a chance when you understand to learn to live above your circumstances so you can show people to higher ground. That's why we have it. You've been set free to serve the living God. God. Not to fulfill your sinful desires, but to serve the living God. Is this making sense today? Praise the Lord. Let's go to another verse that I think will help us. We're going to go to Titus chapter 2. And this is the new international version. And it reads as follows. It says, for the grace of God has appeared <laughs> that offers salvation to all people. Jesus, in this case, is the grace of God. And then he brings about a grace, a realm a thought pattern that leads people to salvation but listen closely it what does this grace of god it teaches us to say no to ungodliness wait a minute are you telling me grace teaches me to say no to ungodliness the world spends a bunch of time trying to tell you no all the time doesn't it i remember growing up and uh in the city and there was a pool room where all the Older people used to go and play pool and they play chess and checkers in there and I always wanted to go in there. But the guy who owned the pool hall said you weren't allowed to go in there until you were 16. So I wasn't 16 yet, but I had this desire to go in there. So I, I tried to sneak in one time and he tells me, no, you can't come in there because everybody knew my grandmama and me, you know, in the city. So mm-hmm. hey, get out of here. So I went to my grandmother. She said, boy, you can't go in there. So no. And all that did was increase my desire to go in there. I know what I'm talking about right now because I know you've been through the same. When they told you no, all that did was increase your desire to find out what that no was all about. I almost used to sleep outside the pool room waiting to turn 16. And the second that day rolled around and I turned 16, I walked right into that pool room. And boy, was that a worthless wait. (laughs) but it's you know you're traveling after that no but listen to me we keep trying to say don't touch that don't go there don't smell that don't do that don't do this but this is scripture tells us that grace this unmerited favor this being saved not by your power but by the power of god will teach you to say no to ungodliness let me keep reading it says it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions And to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age (laughs) while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify For himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So, (laughs) you've been cleaned, born again, washed new for the purpose of serving God. I'm going to say it one more time. You've been cleansed, washed clean, made brand new for the service of worshiping God. Now, the more you understand that the less dumb stuff you'll do. I'm I'm telling you, it's really, really important and it's easy to understand once you grasp it. Once you know you've been elevated to a position you didn't deserve to be in, man, to, to, to be cleansed of all of your past, to be cleansed of all of your sin, to be cleansed of all of your filth, Once you know you've been elevated to that position and you knew there was no way you could ever attain this position. Then that grace will teach you to say no to the stuff that you fell victim to before. I am here right now and I'm not going back. I am here right now and I'm not going back. Why did God do this? So you would be able to represent him in the earth. So I'm here to tell you today, church, your job is to represent him. Nothing else. You are to represent Christ in the world. So that means some of us are going to have to untangle some of the things that we think we're supposed to be representing. None of them will amount to the level of representing Christ in the earth. Think about this. You've been you've been cleansed. (laughs) you are not the same person that you used to be. Your sins have been paid for. They've been wiped away. It's like, the Bible says, it's like you've never sinned before in your life. You could never attain to that position, but God did it for you. And the more you understand it, the more you say no to ungodliness. Does that make sense? And why does he do it? So you can represent him in the earth. Is this making sense to anybody today? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's go to another verse. And and, and again, this is good stuff. And I I love it because it's so important for us to grasp onto. This is Colossians uh, chapter one. And I begin, we begin to read at verse 12. And this is in the passion translation. It says, your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think. Of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. Man, when's the last time you soared? <laughs> when's the last time you had this joyful gratitude? Oh, especially right now with all the stuff going on in the country, they are just bombarding you with some negative concepts and ideas and some people thinking that the country is over, it's going to die, this is going to happen and there's all kind of insane stuff going on. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. That's where your joy comes from. It comes from the kingdom. It doesn't come from this every four year election process. It doesn't come from that. It comes from living in the kingdom of God. Oh, I hope you understand this today. This is so powerful when you grasp it. When you have the experience of understanding. God did this so I could have joy. He did this so I could live above these circumstances. It doesn't mean that every day is going to be tiptoeing through the tulips. But it means that, you know, nothing will destroy you because his word says that hell will never prevail against the church. Are y'all feeling me today? What about God's promise? Do you understand God's promise? Does it work for you? (laughs) does his promises work for you? You got to stand on those. Let's keep reading. It says, he has rescued. What tense is this? It's past tense. That means it's already done. He has rescued us (laughs) completely. Completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness And has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. I I, I don't even have to add to that. I mean how pure and simple and straightforward is it that you've already been rescued. You've already been translated. You've already been moved from where you were. But if you don't know it, you will think that you haven't been. It's like being broke but there's a ten dollar bill in your jean pocket hanging up in the closet you put it there a couple months ago you forgot it was in there and you broke right now trying to figure out how I'm gonna eat something and there's ten dollars in your jean pocket in your closet if you don't know it's in there you can't use it if you don't understand this you can't really avail yourself to it you've been rescued Why? The blood of Jesus. You've been translated. Why? The blood of Jesus. And he has placed you into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has a king. His name is God. Jehovah. He is the king. And there is nothing anywhere on the planet in the universe that can rival God. So get this. You are now a child of God In his kingdom, God loves you fiercely and he will protect you fiercely. So what are you supposed to do with that? Supposed to live. Supposed to go tell the world. Supposed to enjoy this journey. Oh, is it always going to be fun? No, because God will always remind you of something you have to change in your life. You have to continue to grow. He will continue to prune you. Because this is progressive change. This is progressive growth. But it's such a beautiful thing. Let's read on. It says, for in the sun, all our sins are canceled. For those of you who are watching today, who think that you've done something that escapes this scripture. Think that you've done something that this scripture does not cover. I need you to lean in a little bit to whatever app, you know, whatever you're using to watch this or listen to it. I need you to lean in a little bit. I need you to know today. There is nothing stronger than the blood of Jesus. There's no sin stronger than the blood of Jesus. Jesus. He said nothing, meaning no thing will separate you from his love. I need you to get it today because there's some preachers out there who want to tell you that a particular act or a particular thing cannot be forgiven. The only thing that cannot be forgiven is when you ignore the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we we believe in a triune God. When you ignore the Holy Spirit, you are ignoring God. Are y'all following me? But any sin... Can't stand against the blood of Jesus. Are y'all still here today? And I know there's some pious people you want to kind of hold on. You want to continue to beat yourself. You got a, a whip of nine tails in your drawer that at night you beat yourself as though you're going to beat the sins out of you. They have been paid for. They have been canceled. Let me read that verse one more time. It says, for in the son, Jesus, all our sins are canceled. And we have the release of what? Being repurchased, being redeemed or redemption through his very blood. Again, why is this important? Because once you are redeemed or repurchased and you live in the kingdom... Why is it important to live in the kingdom? Because now you listen to the voice of the king of the kingdom and you become the ecclesia, which is the church. And you become that legislative assembly that takes from the king what he desires and you give it to the people. Y'all still with me today? Let's go to Galatians chapter three. Galatians chapter three. Y'all having fun yet? I know I am. Galatians chapter three. This is the message translation. This is fun. It says Christ redeemed us. Anybody feeling redeemed yet? (laughs) Feeling repurchased yet? Are you getting this yet? I know it's hard. See, because listen to me, we are a sin generated society. We are driven by the concept of sin. We are so sin conscious that we are unable at times to be grace conscious, to be Jesus conscious. All we've ever heard of was, was that damnation and fire and, you know, it's, it's, hey, if you go into a church that don't teach you about the fire, you, you don't need to go there no more. Well, if the fire's out, why you want to keep teaching me about something that's out? Tell me about what Jesus has done. Tell me what he's done. Fire and brimstone, fire and brimstone. I know there's a hell and people are going to go to hell. I will never say there won't be. And I know some folks are going to go. I'm praying that we understand what the scripture says because Jesus came to save us not just from hell, but he came to save us so we could live and reign on earth because of what God has instilled in us and provided for us. Whew. Christ redeemed us from that self defeating, cursed life. By absorbing it completely into himself. My God, this is good. Do you remember the scripture that says cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree? That is what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became a curse. And at the same time dissolved the curse. And now because of that. The air is cleared and we can see that Abraham's blessing is present and available for non-Jews too. We are all able to receive God's life, his spirit in and with us by believing just the way Abraham believed. It said when Abraham believed, it was credited to him as righteousness, His faith was credited to him as righteousness. My question to you today, what is your faith in? See, as as sure as we stand here today and we talk about this, some of us are still sin-driven because for some reason we think that it's pious for us to feel broken down and, and beaten down and trampled on and, and for some reason it kind of rolls into something that God kind of likes. Now, what he likes is that you accept his son and what his son has provided for you. That's why he sent him. So, are you repurchased? Are you redeemed? Does redemption work for you? I don't know about y'all. This is like walking to a, through the desert. and No water. You're dry. The sun is beating down on you. You don't know if you can make it another step. And here comes a horse with two bags of water on its side. And it runs up to you and stop. You got a choice. You can jump on the back of that horse and start drinking water. Or you can keep on walking through the desert by yourself. Did you deserve the horse with the water? No. But God has done this for us. So I say to you. Jump on the horse. It took me a minute to really get that. I jumped on the horse folks. And I'm not going back. God saved me. So I can serve him. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to serve him. I don't. I don't get caught up in stuff that's already taken care of. I don't. I know the difference between old and new. I don't mess with stuff that's old. I'm going to deal with the new because that's what Jesus provided for me. So I'm redeemed. Oh, man, you can't say that about yourself. I didn't. God did. I just read it. I believe it. I have faith in it. I didn't just try to create redemption. God provided it for us through his son i accepted what he provided you think you better than me nope i know i'm the worst of the worst i'm like paul you know what i mean i'm the worst of the worst but i understand what god has done so i receive it i'm redeemed man are you redeemed And then as you grow in this redemption concept, you'll figure out all the things that you've been redeemed from. There's a curse, man, when you believe in stuff that holds you bound. You're cursed and you pass that curse along to your next generation. You've been set free from that. Set free from hate. Set free from fear. Set free from low self-esteem. You've been set free from these things. Don't pass that along, pass along grace, pass along the depth, the importance of being repurchased, of being redeemed. Last verse of the day, first Peter chapter one, you know, again, this is going to be in the message translation, but I think it's so vitally important that we use these different translations to make sure we get the understanding that's necessary for us to get. We begin to read at verse 18. It says your life is a journey. <laughs> you must travel with a deep consciousness of God. It cost God plenty to get you out of that dead end, empty headed life. You grew up in leave that there, brother, because I'm going to have to read that again. Whew. It said it cost him plenty. What did it cost God? His one and only son. Jesus. Got on the cross. They didn't put him up there. He got on the cross. Why? Because he loved us and he understood what his father sent him for to pay the price. But here's the kicker. (laughs) You've been saved from that. Empty headed. That dumb light. you know, when we used to make those dumb decisions, I'm just going to be real. You remember those nights that you held on to the commode as the room spun around and you just told God, I'll never do this again. If you stop this room from moving, I promise I'll never do it again. I don't need to tell you. Yeah, you did it again. (laughs) But understanding this thing saves us. We did something wrong. We sin. We did some ugly stuff. He saved us. Why? So you can be free of that old life and then begin to live a brand new life. And most of us don't get that. We think we're trapped trying to rebuild or refabricate that, that shack that we grew up in. That shack of a life that we were in, we keep thinking we're going to go out and buy new wood and and, and new metal and put it on a shack. But Jesus gave us a clue and said, you cannot put new wine in old wine sacks because that wine would just burst those sacks. You can't rebuild or add on to that mess. It was ended. It's over. That shack is gone. God gives you a brand new life. You build a brand new house built on the foundation, which is Jesus. He is the rock. He is the foundation that you build your life on. And then when the storms of life come, it won't be knocked over. Y'all still here this morning? Praise the Lord. Let's read on. It says, your life is a journey. You must travel with, travel with a deep consciousness of God. It cost God plenty to get you out of that dead-end, empty-headed life <clears throat> you grew up in. He paid with Christ's sacred blood, you know. He died like an unblemished, sacrificial lamb. And this was no afterthought, even though it has only lately at the end of the ages become public knowledge, God always knew, God always knew, God always knew he was going to do this for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God had you in mind from the creation of the world. He knew you were coming and he knew you had to have the opportunity to be set free. So he sent his son to die for you. It's because of this sacrificed Messiah whom God then raised from the dead and glorified that you trust God and that you know you have a future in God. Now that you're cleaned up, Now that you've cleaned up your lives by following the truth. I'm going to stop it there. Leave that there. You cleaned up your lives how? By following the truth. What is the truth? That Jesus already died for you. Now I need you to get this because I really want you to understand. You stop drinking doesn't make God love you more. You stop drinking benefits you because drinking causes sclerosis of the liver will kill you quicker. Are y'all understanding me? He loves you. So stop drinking, stop smoking, stop doing all that dumb stuff. Benefits you, but it doesn't say to God, hey, listen, you love me now because I quit smoking. You love me now since I quit drinking. He's saying to you, I already had my son die for you, man. I loved you. When you're out there doing dumb stuff, when you understand this, when you look at me and you understand this and you change your consciousness from sin to understanding my grace, you will understand how much love that really costs, how much I had to pay to get you free. So when you change your life, you are changing your life for your benefit and you keep growing. This is how it teaches you to say no to ungodliness. Why? Because I know what he paid for me. I know what he did for me. (laughs) It blows my mind. Because I know what I did. But now I know what he did. And it was greater than what I did. And he freed me from what I did. So I can serve him. So what happens now? I'll never go back to that stuff, man. I said, I'll never go back. I'm pressing forward. I'm pressing toward the mark of the higher calling in God. That's where I'm going. That's where we all should go. Almost done here, folks. It says, now that you've cleaned up your lives by following the truth, not doing all that other stuff, but by following the truth, love one another. As as if your lives depended on it. Your new life is not like your old life. Ooh, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Your old birth came from the mortal sperm. Your new birth comes from God's living word. Just think, a life conceived by God himself. That's why the prophet said, the old life is a grass life. It's beauty as short-lived as wildflowers. Grass dries up, flowers droop. God's word goes on and on forever. This is the word that conceived the new life in you. So you've been repurchased. You've been redeemed. For what purpose? So you can freely live in the kingdom of God. Who paid that price? Jesus paid the price for you that you can now be a royal subject be a royal priest living in the kingdom of God what happens in the kingdom of God we learn from the king what his desire is for his people then as the church or the ecclesia my job my mission is to make sure that whatever the king desires I desire and I give it To the people who don't know him, so these people can get to know him. Therefore, we complete the mission that even Tomoka has that no one goes to hell from just generation. Are y'all still here today? But it's important for us to get this, man. You have to be the first one who knows. You have to be the first one who gets this because you can't share with me something you don't have. And you can't pretend. Because pretend doesn't work. Because God doesn't go by what you say. He knows your heart. Somebody say amen. So, are you repurchased? Yes. Are you redeemed? Yes. You now understand the process. What does that do for you? How does that work for you? And where does that take you? Brothers and sisters, I want you to make sure you understand This particular series is so vitally important for the church today. The church has lost its way. And we've gotten ourselves entangled in entities that have no eternity. Satan is good at this, he did it to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, he added on to something that God said to trick Adam and Eve to do something God said don't do. What has society done to the church? Add it on. Put stuff in there that made stuff that was unimportant, important. We got people who can't go to the same church because, uh, quote, doctrinally, they're different. We get people in the body of Christ who can't go to the same church because they, quote, don't look alike. We're supposed to be the light of the world. Can you imagine turning on your lamp at home in a dark room and only half the light come on? Or turn the switch and no light come on. Still plugged in, but it ain't giving out any light. It's not illuminating anything. I need you to get this today. Stop whatever it is you're doing. Get down on your knees today and bow your head to a God who loves you so much and say to him, Father, I understand now what you have done for me. I accept all of this today, Lord. I know I've accepted you as my Lord and Savior, but I didn't understand What my Lord meant, nor my Savior meant. But today, I'm understanding. You are my Lord, my King. You are my Savior who saved me from my old way of life, from that dead shack, from that dead end life. You saved me from that. So I accept it right now, Lord. And I do understand that you set me free to serve you. So I shred. I shred, I get rid of all of that filth that I carried around even though your blood had cleansed me. I get rid of all of that stuff and I stand before you right now 100% cleansed because of your blood. Not because of me, but because of you. So when I open my eyes, Lord, I begin to live my new life. I will not try to repair that old shack of a life. I'm building a brand new life on this foundation that can never be broken, and that is you. Jesus said that he was the son of the living God. And on that truth, he would build his church. I will build my life on that truth. That the Son of the Living God died for me, redeemed me, repurchased me, and set me free so I can live brand new. I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone say it. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Listen, I pray God that this has been beneficial to you. Look forward to seeing you next week. Um we're bringing this series to a close, and uh, we've got two really great, powerful messages to come your way. So go tell somebody. And in the meantime, to my brothers and sisters in the land, looking forward to continuing to serve you as I continue to serve here. God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord.